This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Very tough loss for the Yankees, plus Joe Judd's jaw's a little tight. We'll discuss it next. And you can join the discussion at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 FM. Along with Brian the Brain and Jake the Snake, we're here until midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7 ESPN, New York. Hey, Gordon. Larry, you can't win them all. No, you can't win them all, Gordon, but... I'm going to tell you, you better this right win now. tomorrow. <laughs> they better win tomorrow, and, and and this is going to be, uh, you know, this is going to be. Oh, here comes the Met guy talking a lot of stuff. Gordon, here's the bottom line: uh, your ace betrayed you tonight. Yep, absolutely. He betrayed you in yep. a game like this. He needs to step up. This is what you pay him the big money for. This absolutely. is how he's supposed to, to to be in a game like this. When you need this game, he cannot put you down for nothing. He can't do it. Can't no. do it. Yeah, did not pitch well enough tonight, and uh, they they didn't get burned originally because they were able to come back. But uh, yeah, put them in a hole, and and we've talked. I mean, how many times we talked about the offense? If it's not Stanton and 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 Judge doing it, it's very rare that the Yankees win when neither of those guys get big hits, and and neither of them got big hits tonight, really. So um, yeah, very disappointing, and and it's frustrating because you were right there. You battle back to tie the game. You feel like things are going. You know, a little mojo going in your direction between the win streak, just little things happening in the game tonight. You know, Glaber being able to get to second base on that play in the ninth mm-hmm. inning. You think with the way things have been going, you know what, maybe this will just kind of break right. It's tough to blame Clay Holmes when he's been as great as he's been throughout yeah. the uh, the entire you know time with the Yankees. So, yeah, no, absolutely. This one, uh, this one on gets Cole. chalked up to Garrett Cole. No, this is on Cole, Gordon. And yeah. – if you talked about it, yeah, you know you didn't get the big hit from Judge, you didn't get it from Stanton, but you got big hits from other people. Yep, I absolutely. Mean, Higgy you scored enough big... runs tonight to win this game, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, Higgy came through for you with two outs and, and a big two RBI hit. So, you know, this is a game that, I got to be honest with you, Gordon, I thought you guys were going to pull it out. I mean, when you battle yep. back, and, mm-hmm. and it's that, and here's the thing, you know, it's crazy, but it's the fifth run that really, out of even the four, Okay, and we know that great pitchers sometimes have one bad inning and it happens. But even it's the fifth one that really comes now to to get you. Yeah, and and to be down early, right? To be down almost right away from this game. Um, Look, with the Yankees this year, nothing comes easy. So maybe this is um, uh, just another case of that. But I do think that this game was far more important for the Blue Jays. They could not, and I know Michael mentioned it on the broadcast, they could not lose right. this game tonight no. after having that lead. So maybe that spurred something in them. But, look, it's not wrapped up yet. I mean, no, you know, isn't. as great as this streak, the streak was, they got to go out and win tomorrow. If they go out and win tomorrow, I'll feel very good about the odds of them going to the postseason this year, even despite the fact that they still have to play the Rays three more times. But you lose tomorrow – yeah. And, and and again, like the fact that you are close tonight, there's no carryover to tomorrow. Like no. you don't get to pick up where you left off yesterday and get a whole bunch more out. So uh, it, it is frustrating that they came this close tonight to being able to coming all the way back and picking Cole up, but uh, it was not to be. And you know what, Gordon? You rocked Toronto. You rocked them because they, they had the lead. They figured, oh, we got to their ace. We're good. 
And then you kept battling back. So, you know, there was a lot of conversation with Michael, Don, and Peter, especially with Don, about is this team ready to handle this? And for them to get this win tonight to hold on, uh, that kind of helps them. You know, that kind of builds a little confidence with Mm -hmm. them uh, that they were able to hold on. Now, if it had been the reverse and they were down early and came all the way back, I would say it gives them more confidence. But it's just, just the fact that, oh, man, we held on to this. And listen, guess what? You know, we, I'm jumping on Cole, but you know what? Barrios, he started out strong, but he faltered as well. Yeah, and he's got a little bit of history of that. Like, he kind of fades mm-hmm. quickly, it seems like. So, uh, And it just, it just shows you what the – a little bit of launch angle, the difference. Because Stanton, when that ball came yeah. off the bat, I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? He's done it again. And then right away, Bo Bichette, who's done it a plenty – I don't know how many home runs he has against the Yankees this year. I, I, I'm not sure if they said eight or nine or something. I mean, it feels like he's at like 20 home runs against the Yankees. But yeah. uh, And his ball just uh, – his, his ball got out. So that's the difference in this game. I still feel good about where the Yankees are at overall. But, yeah, I would have felt – if tonight – if they had won tonight, I would have felt like, you know what, it's, it, it's not clinched, but it feels clinched. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you take two out of – you sweep Boston, you take two in a row against the Blue Jays, and you're good to go. And to come that close and then not get the job done, uh, it feels like a missed opportunity because the Red Sox obviously already won. Mm-hmm. Mariners playing a little bit, so it, it's not over yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing comes easy with the Yankees. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. But, you know, it's, it's – for for Yankee fan, you're riding, right? You're in it. You're you're happy. You're in it. it it's it's nerve wracking. It's it's fingers sweating. It's palms sweating. It's rubbing your knees and and you know crossing your eyes and hoping everything goes right. But uh, you know that's what it takes to be a fan right now, Gordon. And listen, take it from somebody who's got nothing to watch. You got to be happy. You're in this spot right now. Yeah, well, look, I blame myself. The mojo was actually pretty good in the other room, but then the show was getting ready to start, and Brian will tell you, you know, I connected in just before the show started. I was watching on the other TV. I said, you know what, I got to go to the I got to go to the studio room. I can't watch in the normal man cave room. So I feel like uh, because I believe that the world revolves around me, that changed the mojo, Larry. So I will, t- uh, I will accept full blame tonight. Tomorrow night. I'm staying in that room, Larry. I'm, tomorrow I'm not... night, I will take the I will take the show until the game is done. All right, sounds good. Okay, I, I, I might take you up on that. Let's There's hope it's no a problem. blowout tomorrow. You know, yeah, you the know. Yankees just roll and absolutely. Because because listen, I mean, what are we going to talk about? That great football game we got tomorrow night was oh. in Jacksonville and Cincinnati. <laughs> the, the two former number one, the last two number one picks. Come on, <laughs> it's Joe Burrow. It's oh, Trevor baby. Lawrence. Oh ho ho ho. Oh man, I can't wait to see that oh, one. Oh, that's that should be a barn burner. Oh yeah, I know. I, I, and by the way, you know how I love a good little factoid, a good little yes. stat. Yes. I have a little factoid for you involving the Giants. We'll save for a little bit later. That uh-huh. uh, is not great for one Joe Judge. Well, he well he wasn't in a very good mood today. <laughs> no, really. It would be kind of weird if he wasn't a good. If he came out like whistling Dixie, you know, I mean, that would be a little. Well, be a little odd considering the way the season started. Well, I thought he was going to take our advice and, and listen to Aaron Boone and have a little call with Aaron and you right. know, how to boost up the positivity. Yep. Yeah, be more yeah. positive. That's what I was looking for, but, yeah, you know, n- not so much. So we'll hear from Joe Judge in a second, but, uh, Gordon, I just got to say this, you know, as watching the Yankees right now and uh, this is interesting. This is really interesting and watching them respond and just – seeing how they're going to come together. And for me, I was really surprised that 
Loisaga was so good to have him not pitched in so long. His stuff looked nasty, man. Uh, I, I know it's right a loss tonight. Off. Yeah, I mean, it looks like he picked up right where he left off. And I know Clay Holmes gives up the home run tonight. I think it's his second extra base hit he's given up since he's been a Yankee. I mean, that's part of the reason why you have optimism, I think, for me going into the postseason, just because this bullpen, you can kind of see the pieces lining up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they talk about yeah. getting these guys into lanes. There's a lot of lanes for these guys to operate right now. But the, the, the one thing that you take from tonight like, it's all built around Cole being the Garrett Cole that you're paying him to be. Yeah. Whatever whatever scenario you're envisioning, Yankees get into the wild card game. Well, you're expecting Cole to go out there and be Cole. Let's say he is that night. Well, then you're expecting him to be Cole in the next series. So to see him struggle the way he did tonight, I'm not saying it's it's a sign of, of things to come, but those all those plans hinge on him being this this ace this number one starter and he has been I'm not going to say bad but he has been a little inconsistent here uh the last few starts he has been and to be fair to him Gordon uh Gallo's got to take charge of that ball yes absolutely that that's Gallo's ball yeah you you call you call off uh Gio and say look I got it you call him off I mean, why would why would you why would you yield to him coming? I have he's no got to make the ball over his shoulder. Like what? No, you know idea. we're talking about you know whether Toronto's ready for this. Gordon, you know Joey Gallo has not been in a big spot like this in a while. No, I, I I mean look, he might not have ever been in a spot like this. Yeah, I mean not playing with the Texas Rangers. So uh, and he got hurt tonight. It looks like Voight yeah, looks hit. like he got hurt tonight. So. Yeah. All of a sudden, the injury bug might be popping up at the wrong time again. But, um, yeah, I mean, to me, the, the takeaway from tonight, obviously, is Cole. He has it to be is. better. And if he's mm-hmm. not going to be better than that. Um, it doesn't matter what happens. Yeah, it doesn't really. All the fall. other stuff don't matter, right? Nope. Nope. He's got to be good. He just has to be. ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. We'll hear from Aaron Boone a little later, but uh, Gordon R. Marley Rivera reports that Aaron Boone says Joey Gallo will get x-rays in his hand. He was unable to bat in the ninth after being hit, quoting Boone. We'll see where we have overnight. Also said Luke Voigt was getting treatment but should be okay. So that ties you up and lets you know what's going on with the two injuries tonight. Hopefully, uh, Gallo is going to be all right because you need that lefty bat in the lineup. Certainly would help. Um, you, you almost need one of them, right? Like I can play Stan in the outfield and and play him in left field and have then Voigt be the DH, or I could have mm-hmm. Gallo in left field and Stanton can be the. But I can't lose both of them, right? Right. Uh, exactly. And and maybe Voigt might be because uh, isn't it Ray tomorrow? Robbie Ray tomorrow? Yes, I believe it so, is. Robbie I Ray, mean, yeah. maybe Voigt's in the in the lineup anyway. I mean, it wasn't like he, you know, he's had a lot of at bats lately, or maybe they won't put him in there against Ray. But uh, it would nice to be at least have him available. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Gordon, I'm not really sure what happened over at uh, Giants Stadium today, uh, MetLife Stadium, Giants Blue, for their practice facility. It's still Giants. Everybody still calls it's really it Giants Giant Stadium. Stadium right? Right? It really is. Yeah, it, really it really is. is. Um, and so, obviously, there was a couple of conversations. Now, Joe Judge was asked about a couple of things. The first thing he was asked about was the numbers. And, of course, analytics is a big thing. We normally talk about it in baseball a lot, right? Yeah. But it, it, it's involved in football as well. And so part of this came up with the idea of, you know, not going for it on fourth down. 
And it was like a number situation. So here's what Joe Judge's philosophy is, Gordon, on analytics. The analytics is just a tool. It's nice to look at the numbers and how they go through the flow of the game. But the analytics changes based on the opponent, based on who you have available for the game, and how the flow of the game is going, too. You can look at a stat sheet all you want. I promise you, if, if XL was going to win football games, Bill Gates would be killing it right now. Okay, But you know, you've got to take those numbers as a tool, and then you've got to go and factor into how your team is playing at the time and what the opponent has as well. You've got to measure your strengths and weaknesses against the opponent every time. And then also in terms of the flow of the game. All right, so in that scenario, Gordon, let's go back to Sunday. And here was a situation where they were, what, trailing 7-6, it's fourth down. Mm-hmm. He didn't go for the field goal. He didn't go for the first down. He wanted to punt to pin them back. Gordon, I, I know a lot of people were talking about first guessing it. I don't know in hindsight if that's the right move. No, I mean, <laughs> he can talk all he wants about it. He's aggressive. He, he doesn't live in fear and all these, these, these quotes. Your actions speak louder than words, and his actions are. I mean, I don't even know that it really makes all that much sense to be pinning them back with the way that their defense is played overall. So that doesn't even really make any sense. But, no, they don't have any they don't have any aggressiveness, either on offense or defense. And I know he's not calling plays on either side, but he's the head coach. Mm-hmm. That was what bothered me in the, in, in the Washington game was like, yeah, okay, so it's Jason Garrett who's calling plays. You're kicking field goals every at some point. If you're going to be the head coach, you're going to be the CEO of the team. I think it's your role to go and say, you know what, we have to go for one of these. We got to get a touchdown on one of these. And if it doesn't work out, okay, fine. But we got to be aggressive at some point. And it, you keep waiting for them to be aggressive. That's why I pointed out on Sunday against the Falcons, they get the ball finally, zero zero game, fourth and goal from the seven. And they decide to kick the field goal. Again, it's like it's almost like they didn't learn anything from the week before. And is it a trust situation? Do you trust your quarterback to be able to execute the play called to get the job done? Well, Gordon, Joe Judd says he's not afraid to go for it on fourth down. Yeah, to me, it's the flow of the game, Pat. If you kind of look back to a lot of decisions I made as head coach, I'm not afraid to go for it on fourth down. Okay, I've referenced at times, you know, we've gone for it over-aggressive at times. We've been successful a lot of fourth downs around here. I'm not afraid to go for it on fourth down. I'm not afraid to go for it on two. I'm not afraid to run fakes, onside kicks. Like, trust me, I don't live in a world of fear. But i got to make sure that every decision I make is calculated to put the team in a position for success. So there's times I want to bow my chest out and say, like, all right, here we go. We're going with this one right here. That's not always the best thing for the team. So sometimes you get caught up in the emotion. All right, it's normally when you do that, you move the logic and thinking that you went in the game and the flow of the game with, you normally make the wrong decision right there. So to me, in those moments right there, I've got a couple people I've talked to in terms of just kind of, you know, hey, here's a situation, I'm thinking A or B. Let's think of the consequences of this right here. It can be really, really good. It doesn't put our team at a disadvantage if it goes wrong. Okay, now they kind of live in the world of fear of, okay, if it doesn't go right, it's going to look like it. But i got to live in the world of trust of, I can put our defense down there and play from inside the five-yard line. And I trust that they're going to keep those guys down there. We're going to get the ball back in positive field position and go make a play with the ball. Were they now, a Tito Burrow over there? I mean, what is going on? Are they landing planes in the parking lot? He was uh, definitely in the pattern. Yeah. <laughs> definitely in the pattern. Gordon, these conversations take me back to my days of being embedded with the Jets with Rex Ryan. And there was always the conversation of, that Rex had more confidence in his defense than they warranted to the point that he would play conservative, knowing, feeling that his defense would be able to give them better field position or make stops or do whatever. 
And Gordon, I'm kind of getting that same feeling as I'm listening to Joe Judge here. Yeah, I know he's not afraid of it in theory, but as you mentioned earlier, the reality is he's not doing it on fourth down. He's not going for it in key spots, and that was a key spot. You're down. Okay, your defense has not played well. You know your defense hasn't played well. You have to get put the points on the board at least. Okay, don't go for it on fourth down. Don't don't try to get the first down. Put the points on the board. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you, it, it would be one thing if it were like kind of a questionable situation, but fourth and three from the Falcons thirty nine. <laughs> yeah, and 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 remember, there was a penalty on that play that for some reason Arthur Smith declined. So he could have pushed them back even further. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like Joe Judge had already made his mind up that he was going to punt in that situation. Again, he can say whatever he wants. And the fact that the, the GM who hired him has, has scoffed at the idea of the numbers or scoffed at the idea of analytics already uh, probably doesn't uh, bode all that well for us believing Joe Judge in terms of that he actually values these things. But again, the, the the situations speak for themselves, and your actions speak louder than words. So he can he can you know uh, denigrate numbers and all that. Oh, it's just a tool, and this and that. What you're doing ain't working, dude. I mean, you're zero three. Yeah, it's true. The other thing that Joe Judge was uh, discussing today at, at, uh, during the media session was his practice strategy and how the guys run and. Some have criticized him, runs a lot, soft tissue injury, so on and so forth. Maybe that's what led to speculation as to the hamstring injuries that they suffered on Sunday. Here's what Joe Judge said about his practice strategies. In terms of, you know, our philosophy for this program and what we do, look, I'd emphasize what I've said all along with this. This is not an experimental program. This is a time-tested program that's worked that I've been a part of on multiple levels, whether it was an collegiate level or a professional level. I've been a part of this with great success. Not only has it been a program that's had success, it's been a program that's kept players healthy. There's a time where we the oldest team in the league and also the healthiest team in the league for a duration of several years. You know, you look back in terms of what we did, you know, in terms of last week's practice specifically, which our next question is going to be about. Uh, actually, last week's practice was a little bit less than we've done in the past. All right? It was basically the same format of what we've done on Wednesdays and Thursday practices in the past. We've pulled back a little bit. We work very hand-in-hand with our medical department, our sports science department. We make sure we keep monitors on individual players, what their individual loads are. We're very specific in terms of what we do with our guys on a daily basis and making sure we keep tabs on where they're at. Now, Gordon, I don't, I'm not familiar with Brian Flores' philosophy on practice. You might be as a, as a Dolphins fan, but it just seems to me that a lot of these Bill Belichick disciples are heavy into this practice thing with their players when they become head coaches. It, it's, it's a thing, and I get it. You want your guys to be fit. You want them to be ready. You want to have them mentally and physically tougher to make them eat their confidence that they can, you know, be stronger. And when guys are weakening on the opposing team, they're feeling that they're getting stronger. But, Gordon, that doesn't work with everybody. Yeah, I mean, look, I, that one I don't have much of a problem. I, I'd have to be kind of around it more often to, to really have a feel for it. I know that Golden Tate said that uh, about that earlier today. Um I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I don't think that most teams are, are practicing maybe as hard as the Giants have been. Uh, is that's what's leading to these amount of injuries? I, I mean, I don't know that you can necessarily make those two connections. Um, maybe it is, and, and maybe that's something that they have to investigate moving forward. I think that there's there, there's greater things that you can look at right away and say, 
this is a far bigger problem. I agree with you. And the only way I would maybe consider it, Gordon, as a possibility if it was happening, the injuries to players who weren't available during the during training camp, like right. a Kenny, Gall- Kenny Galladay, like a, a, you know some of the other players who were hurt, and now you're doing all this running and stuff with them. Right. And since they didn't do yeah. any a lot of work then, maybe that if it was those players, then maybe I take more stock with it. But uh, you know, I, I'm not really sure. Here's what I know. Okay, uh, Jason Garrett is not doing a good job with the play calling. Joe Judge is not doing a good job over counteracting him and telling him we need to do something, though, come up with another play. And, uh, you know, Patrick Graham, his defense is struggling. So those three those three guys, um, they need to, to get into the lab themselves and try to figure out what's going on and be, you know, a little closer together on synergy as to how to turn this thing around for the Giants. Because, Gordon, as you've done for days on end, you look at the schedule, it's not getting easier. No, no, it's not getting easier. And uh, it's harder and harder. Again, if they don't win this week, it's really kind of hard to find a win that they're going to get. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that they will win some games at some point, but mm-hmm. uh, it's harder and harder to find, especially when you, you've you got 0-3 and the teams that you've faced, you would not say that there's a, a great team in the bunch. Um, so at this point, there's it's not really a surprise at this point. I said after Sunday's game, if they lose that game to the Falcons, who's going to be to blame? Everybody. So yeah. now this is Joe Judge's time to be in the hot seat, and I think rightfully so. I mean, mm-hmm. he is not he has not shown anything as of yet that he's some great head coach. He he got a, a pass last year, I think maybe because it was a bit of a strange year, and the, the combination of them playing really well down the stretch and turning it around from one and seven. But the numbers, the, you know, they say you, you are what the, your record says it is. Um, at this point, through 19 games, Joe Judge is 6-13. and 13. Mm. Pat Shermer was 6-13. And, 13. Mm. That's and not, he's not here anymore. No, no. And that's not the person you want to be compared to. No, 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 no. No, not as a head coach. Maybe as a coordinator, not as a head coach. <laughs> Definitely not as a head coach. Excitement that you know, when you did Detroit it was to see big plays down the field. Why do you yeah. think those have been happening the first few weeks? Uh, I mean, I don't really have an answer to that. Well, I mean, are you are you running different routes? Because again, Detroit it was like you're deeper. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to run with you know the guys want me to run. I just look at it as whenever my numbers called, I just want to go out there and make the play. You know, if it's you know short or long, I just got to go out there and make the play. That's my mindset. Kenny Galladay was asked today why he's not running deep routes. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight with Hardesty and Damer until midnight. And Gordon, that is an interesting question because he's one of the guys that was brought here to be that number one receiver, right? He was the guy that was supposed to be a big play guy. And, you know, the knock against him in Detroit was he didn't get a lot of separation. He put, uh, you know, the quarterbacks in the position where just throw it high, almost like you're, you know, as I call it, bully ball, right? Where you're backing, uh, where you're in the, you're in the paint area in basketball, and you're LeBron James, and you're backing them down, and nobody can stop you. And that's really the kind of role he had because of his inability to get separation. Now, having said that, in a couple of instances last week, he did have separation that was able to make some plays. So. But then again, we talk about Atlanta secondary. We're not exactly talking about the 85 Bears. No, and it does kind of feel like uh, this is one more week away from really kind of blowing up, 
right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that you got done with last week's game and questions were about Jason Garrett, is he still going to be the play caller? Um, they, they, they have to win this. I don't know what other way to put it. You have to win this week. Otherwise this stuff is just going to get exponentially worse. Uh, the questions about, uh, the coach, the, the coaching, the, the game plan, everything is going to be a focus. And this is another one, right? Where you, it almost makes you kind of feel better about where Daniel Jones is at because Barkley hasn't really been Barkley as of yet. He was better on Sunday, but he really hasn't been, um, the breakout player that you're kind of hoping for. And Galladay, it's kind of been a non-factor so far. So I don't know what the availability – I know Sterling Shepard didn't practice today. I know that uh, Slayton, I don't believe, practiced today either. Mm-hmm. So you're going into a game where Galladay is going to be even a, a bigger focus. So, yeah, yeah they got to they gotta figure out something that's going to work. Uh, maybe, maybe script all the plays. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's the way you go. You just keep scripting the plays if that would work. But – you know, Giants offense has been an issue now for two years. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it bears mentioning that I know he had a healthy Barkley in year one, but Daniel Jones threw 24 touchdown passes in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And he's not looked like that same player. And he's play, you know, he's not been the issue primarily so far. It's been the defense. No. Mm-hmm. But even with him playing okay, the offense still is not even close to where you want it to be. No, it isn't. And Golden Tate, as you alluded to earlier, Gordon was on Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, and he has comments about Jason Garrett. Look, Jason has amazing stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, great storyteller, but that's that's not winning games and sure. points. I mean, I don't understand why the Giants are struggling to score points. Uh-huh. You know, for two years, you know, a year last year, and then part of this year. I mean, you you got to find a way. You have the personnel. All right, and. Since he's kind of critical of Jason Garrett, let's see what he thinks about the head coach. Joe Judge, I I enjoyed him. I mean, we we had our little run in early on, but I enjoyed it. He has a reasoning for why he does everything a certain way. Only thing I question is the conditioning. The quick conditioning can be a little bit too much, and guys start getting soft tissue injuries. I mean, mm. this is a 17-game season now. That is long, long. Before you can even get over your soreness from the last game, you're practicing. So... I would chill on that, but you got to set your guys up. Like, you have Kenny Galladay. Like, he can go get the ball. Um, you had, you know, Shep, who's been – you can move him all over the place. You got Evan Ingram. I mean, you got Saquon. Sounds great. Yeah, you got all these players. I, I mean, you have the players, so you need – put them in situations to, to be successful. That's, that sounds like an offensive coordinator issue to me. Well, yeah, it does. <laughs> but then, Gordon, once again – uh, Joe Judge is the head coach. So, yeah, it may be right. an offensive coordinator's deal, but, you know, that's why Joe Judge is there to oversee that. If, if it's not working, hey, guess what? We need to make some changes. It's very simple. He's got a headset on, too. Yep, he is the head coach at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, we, we've kind of run into this problem at other times, right? Like when Rex was here, he didn't really take the blame for the offense because he was the defensive guy. Gase, when he was here, really didn't take the hits for the defense because he was an offensive guy. Joe Judge is a special teams guy. So, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, it, it comes down to him. And it, it does kind of feel like, you know, if it were one play call or two play calls, a game even, maybe you could you could um, let it slide a little bit. But it's kind of hard because this is, this is the reputation of the offense. 
The yeah. offense is not aggressive enough. It wasn't aggressive enough last year, and it's certainly, even with these added pieces, even with having Barkley back and Galladay here and, and the other weapons, they don't lack for weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of coaches that are, are 0-3 – they're kind of, I mean, they, they, it's almost kind of hard to hammer them too much because they don't have a lot of talent on the team. You know, as yeah. we brought up last night, Dan Campbell or Robert Sala or, or, or Urban Meyer. I mean, it's kind of hard to hammer them too much because it's clear that they are not in a real position to win. The Giants are supposed to be, you have to figure out, like, does this team have enough? Now, I don't think they maybe they have enough talent overall to be a clearly a good team. But they got enough talent to be better than 0-3. Yes, no question. And they got, a, they got more talent than being a five-win team. And that certainly seems like the way that they are headed. They are headed to a four- or five-win season. And I'm sorry, at this point, if you're not, go, if you're not winning nine, ten games, there's going to be a bunch of changes. And I don't think it would be unfair that if you're getting to the end of the season and the team is winning five games after not winning, a whole, what, six and ten last year, and I think the head coach is clearly in the crosshairs as well. Mm-hmm. Giant fans, what do you think? Is right now Joe Judge being, I want to say judged, <laughs> is Joe Judge being treated unfairly? Or is it time now that we start to really look and see what's going on over there? And Gordon, I think you stated it well earlier. Yeah, 2020 was a weird year for everybody in the National Football League. You get it. Even though you played the complete, you know, you played complete season, it was still kind of crazy. And it wasn't like you were the only bad team in the NFC East last year. Everybody was bad in the NFC East. Everybody. But now this year, there were some things that you look to build on from this team. The positives from Joe Judge last year was they didn't make it. They didn't have the same. Didn't have a lot of penalties. They seemed to be a smarter football team. They didn't beat themselves as much as they did previously. Uh, you saw that. Even though he still turned the ball over a little bit, Daniel Jones didn't turn it over as much. It was a little different, the type of turnovers he had. But once again, you were grading on the curve because you did not have Saquon Barkley for most of the season. And your defense was outstanding. You come back this year, you're looking for things that you build on from them. The defense has not played well. We're still waiting to see. Now, Barkley showed you some signs. I think he's getting better, more confident in his movements, and he will continue to get better as the season goes on. To be fair, Gordon, the offensive line has not been terrible. No, that that's I, – I mean, that's more – you would think that that would be like a positive, right? If, if I told yeah. you before the season Daniel Jones was going to have only one turnover at this point and the offensive line was not going to be in a state where week in and week out it was just impossible to make plays, you'd feel pretty good about where the Giants are at. At yeah. least you'd feel good you, – you'd probably feel good. All right, well, the offense is clearly going to be scoring points. Those two things have happened – and, and, and again, we, we crushed them during the, the preseason, that one game where they played for a couple of series. Andrew Thomas has been pretty good. He has. He has not been the issue that we thought he was going to be, so give him credit. Give the offensive line some credit. Uh, but that's almost a negative if that, those two things are working together and you're still not scoring points and you still haven't won a game. And think about this, Gordon. They suffered big injuries on the offensive line, yeah. and the still offensive line really didn't play that badly last week, even after suffering from the injuries. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think you have to question at this point. Like, we kind of went into this year thinking, you know, Joe Judge did a really good job. It might be possible. He's just not a good head coach. I mean, like, considering the person who hired him yeah. and all the wrong decisions that person has made, including the previous coach, mm. Um, mm. it would almost be an upset if he actually found the right guy. Yeah. And I think that at this point, you know, between play calling, 
between issues that you're having on the field, penalties, uh, his decisions on, on challenges. I mean, there's not a whole lot to back up whether or not Joe Judge at this point is a good head coach. No, there really isn't. And the record doesn't help him. <laughs> no, I mean, help and, and that's it how you're, everybody's judged, right? Everybody's Absolutely. judged on that. Absolutely. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 9870 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Talking Giants right now. A little later, we'll talk uh, Yankees. And Mets, Gordon, uh, Sandy Alderson had a press conference today. Oh, really? Yes. I got to be honest, Larry. I was not really focused on it. I'm sure you weren't. I happened to hear <laughs> Brian sent me a text because I'm I, I, I metzed out. Yeah. I, it's I'm almost like that's – I mean, it, that, they could be playing those games on Neptune right now. I would not know <laughs> anything that's happening. I'm so locked in with the Yankees and the football and everything else. You know, Knicks are not that far off. And yeah. uh, the Mets, boy, it's probably just as well for them that – they're not really center stage at this point. Yeah, and I have a question for you. Now, Brian and Jake, well, Brian weighed in. I want to hear what you say. I'll ask you a question a little bit later about the Mets. Right now, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Mike is in the Garden State. He leads us off on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Mike. You know, I'm listening to you guys, and everyone wants to complain about Jason Garrett. I don't think he's the blame here. You know, from what I've been watching and what I've been seeing – you know, he's been trying to stretch the field. The guys on the field haven't been producing for him. Um, the offensive line hasn't been that great. It seems as though the Giants haven't been playing to win, but they're not doing anything on defense. You want five yards here, take it. You need ten yards here, take it. They're giving up a candy store on defense. Well, look, Mike, I, I think we pointed out how bad the defense has been, and if we were to list – right, like numerically list the issues with the New York Giants, the defense would be number one. I mean, the defense was terrible against Denver. It was terrible against Washington. Uh, and it wasn't really great against, uh, against Atlanta either. I mean, Atlanta had not scored a point in the fourth quarter all season, and they were able to do basically what they needed to do to get a win on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. The, the, the defense is the primary issue, and if the Giants don't get that fixed, really nothing else matters. But there is, there is an issue with the offense that they are just – you know, you, you can go back to the, 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 the Washington game after the turnover, and just overall, they just – they are not nearly aggressive enough. They said – they had – I think it was six possessions inside the Washington 40-yard line in that Thursday night game, and they kicked five field goals and punted once. <laughs> that is not an aggressive yeah, – that, that's right. just simply not you're, an aggressive you're, mindset. You're absolutely right. But but when the guys are trying to uh, when the quarterback's trying to pass the ball down the field and no one's catching it, well, look, or, yeah, absolutely, you, know, you can't even effectively run their ball. You know, it seems as though Garrett's hands are tied here. With what he's limited to what he can do with you know the players he's got on the field. It, it well, just I, I don't yeah, know. I yeah, I mean, look, that's fair, but I mean, you have to keep taking shots. I mean, you, know, <laughs> you just can't say, well, we took one shot here, we took one shot there, it didn't work out. And and uh, that that's all we're going to do. I mean, there, there's th- they have weapons that they can use. They could use Barkley out of the backfield. They could use more stuff from from Daniel Jones in terms of running the football himself. Uh, they have weapons. I know they got some guys hurt on Sunday, but they have more than enough weapon uh, to to be able to to score points. And I don't know that they're necessarily efficiently yeah, using those weapons. Absolutely right. Because on, on on paper we look great. 
Put yeah, on the, you do. The garbage. But and here's the other thing, Mike. You mentioned oh, the defense, and, and thanks for the phone call. That's more of the reason why you need to be more aggressive offensively because right. your defense is not stopping anybody. You right. got to score more points. You can't rely on this defense. This defense, maybe they'll get better. Hopefully they will. I don't know. With Blake Martinez out, that's not that's not going to help you. But clearly, this is not this defense is not playing the same way they played last year. Now, some will say it's a disconnect between uh, the, the corners and not you know communicating or whatever's going on. There is a difference and. You cannot, when your defense is playing like this, as I said, it's more important for your offense to help pick them up. And you can't, Gordon gave you the example against Washington. I mean, you had, you saw what happened and the defense gave it right back. And you mean when you get the ball back, you're not going to be aggressive? You have to be. You got to yeah. get, you got to you put more points on the board, Gordon. You're not going to win any games at this and, rate. And, and, and that was the main focus of that Washington game was the fact that they were not aggressive enough and then to come you know, 10 days later to stew on that loss, to drop to 0-2 and to, to have a must-win game against the Falcons in your building. And again, on the first drive, as I pointed out, you know, a fourth and goal from the seven, not going for it there. Uh, and then a fourth and three from the 39, the Atlanta 39. Yeah. And you're, again, at this point, I, I look, maybe the defense will get fixed eventually. Right now, it's not, it's not some lockdown D. So to nope. say, you know what, let's just pin them back and rely on the defense. No, I think you have to look at the situation. Your offense has been um, – I, 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 it's been better than the defense. I mean, it's not been great, but I think I have to have a little bit more faith in my offense with all the different weapons that I have at my disposal that I have to be aggressive. I'd rather go down swinging. You know, it's better to li- you know die on your feet than live on your knees. Yeah. With the Giants, it feels like they're more than comfortable living on their knees a lot of times. Yeah, I hear you. And the real surprising thing is you look at that game plan or how it came out. I mean, Gordon, you had 10 days to come up with that? Yeah. Against that's Atlanta? A, that's another good point. Yeah, 10 days. You played Against on a Falcons. Thursday night. Right. Come on. You gotta, it's got to be better. And you're looking at an Atlanta team that doesn't – Gordon, they were thir- – what were they? They had no points in the fourth quarter. They outscored 38 nothing in the fourth quarter? Yeah. They, Going they into threw, that game? They threw more touchdowns to the other team in the fourth quarter than they did to their own team in the fourth quarter. So no, I, the week before, they had two. I think they had two pick sixes in the fourth quarter against the Bucs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, the Falcons are a bad team. I, yeah. I mean, we can, we can go through, you know, like the rest of the schedule, how many good teams do the Giants play, how, you know, how, how many wins can they get. I, I feel confident in saying at no point this year will anybody say the Falcons are good. <laughs> They are going to be a bad team. They'll probably have a top 10 draft pick this year. Uh, and the Giants gave them a win. I mean, they, 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 they had that game in their building, everything on the line. And uh, we're not – I mean, they, they scored one touchdown. They scored one touchdown. Doesn't make any sense. And you go back to that fourth down play. I mean, Graham Cano has kicked, what, 105 consecutive field goals? Something like that. And you're that. not asking yeah. him to kick from 66. No. <laughs> you no. know. That's a makeable field goal for him. It just is. Cosmo's in Stanford. Hey, Cosmo, you're next on 98.7. Cosmo. Cosmo, Cosmo. Is, is out in the Cosmos right now. Yeah, so I have, I have this one stat before we, uh, we, we go anywhere. You know, you, mm-hmm. you get some lines from time to time, and, yes. and you get different information about uh, betting stuff. So uh, I got one today. And it is uh, not just about week four odds, but about which coach – 
is going to be the first one fired this year. So mm-hmm. if I gave you a guess off the top of your head, who would you say is the first coach that would be fired this year? Now, to be fair and honest with you, okay, I have a line also. So I oh, okay, know. all so, right. So I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna cheat. All right, I already know. So you go all ahead. Right. And so tell it's me. Matt Nagy would be the first one, especially no, after no the surprise, no surprise. I mean, the fact that he's not been fired already after that <laughs> performance on Sunday. Oh my God! Hey, hey uh, Gordon, remember when Justin Fields said that the game? This is much slower than college. Yeah, <laughs> not last week it wasn't. No, no, it was not. And and you know what? I did not watch that game in real time, but I have that game pass, so I can yeah. go back and watch all the games. Yep. It's as bad as everybody said it was. It it's was awful. worse. It was, so, I mean, oh, my God. It was, it really was, even after watching the Jets and Giants, I can say that that was actually worse. Like, watching the Bears' performance on offense was actually worse than the Jets and Giants. So, Where did they fall on your poop list that you do on Saturdays? Uh, well, the Bears, the Bears have not been on the poop rankings, the polar opposite of power rankings that we do uh-huh. on Saturdays. But yeah. after that performance, <laughs> uh, at this point, we might have to expand the field. We only have so many <laughs> slots, Larry. It's, it's, it's amazing. But Matt Nagy's first. He's uh-huh. at one to two odds. Yep. Number two is Joe Judge. Already. 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 Week three. Yeah. And anytime to me, anytime that there's any ranking of coaches and you are, you know, a bad coaches and you're ranking ahead of Urban Meyer, that's not good. It's because not good. there's been nothing good that has come out of Jacksonville since he arrived. And right now, Urban Meyer has doubled the odds of Joe Judge being the first coach fired. Now, let the audience know, Gordon, where was Salah? Uh, Salah, 50 to 1. Okay. He's got a little time left. Yeah. You know what I, you know what I don't like seeing? What? Brian Flores. How? 66 to 1. He shouldn't be even be on the list. Well, you know what? Look, after they a week. 10, they had 10 wins last year. I know, but they, I mean, they, they're not coming off the best week. They had, they had a play where they completed a pass. I'm sure you've seen it by now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In their own end zone for a safety. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, <laughs> I don't know what the, <laughs> the play call was there. But oh my God, I saw that and I just I was speechless. I was absolutely speechless. So That's yeah, Jacoby I don't. Percent, I, huh? Yeah, I think that uh, I don't think Brian Flores is going anywhere anywhere. No. Yeah, I do think the Dolphins are going to have a bad year this year. I'm pretty confident in saying that, even though they do have a very easy schedule. But yeah, no, Brian Flores, um, he's not going anywhere just yet. No, and he shouldn't because I think he's done a lot with that team. Yeah, and the other guy that is on the list that I don't think belongs anywhere near there is Mike Tomlin at sixteen to one. Ben Ben Roth, they would be better with a grandfather clock. <laughs> Rather than the, you know, actually Big Ben getting a grandfather clock and having him be the quarterback because that dude is washed. And uh, you know what? Mike Tomlin will still find a way, even as as bad as things look, they Mm -hmm. will still win eight games somehow. Yeah, it's true. It's true. How is how is Vic Fangio on the list? Denver looks pretty good after a couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I mean, the guy's three and zero, and he's on the list at same same odds as like uh, David Cully. Uh, it's very, very, very weird. Very weird. It's same. He's got the same odds as Dan Campbell. How is that possible? Yeah, I don't. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure. Dan Campbell could go off and start eating somebody's kneecaps at any point, you know, and he'll get exactly. fired as a result of that alone. Yeah, Vic Fangio is three and zero, and he's uh, he's still. On the list to be fired first. That's not that's not great job security there. I love that Belichick's hundred to one. If Bill Belichick gets fired and you bet on it, you should get a million dollars. That's the way I look at it. You should get a million dollars. If you hit on that bet, you should get a million dollars. There's no question about it. There's no question about that. Gordon, when we return, we're gonna talk a little bit about the the Mets 
and uh, Sandy Alderson and some of the comments he made today. But here's the question I was going to ask you. And I asked Brian, and he, he, I'll tell you his answer later. And Jake, you can weigh in after Gordon. Gordon, I, I haven't even thought about the Mets in, I'd say, about a week. And I'm starting to wonder, am I a bad fan? I haven't looked at them. I haven't looked at the game. I haven't, even for the show, even for the show, Gordon, I just, I'm done. I can't look. I'll, I'll check a little check a little sheet or something to see what's going on. I'll go on, you know, I'll go on ESPN.com and see what's happening. You know, I'll take a quick look. But to sit down. And watch a game? <laughs> and physically watch a game. Now, I will admit that I did tune in to see North Syndergaard's first inning. Okay. I did do that in the second game of the doubleheader. And I know that he is supposed to <laughs> they're gonna bring him back for another inning before the end of the season. So that much I know. But I'm asking you, and you think about it. Yep. And and Jake, you think about it as well. I'm beginning to I'm questioning my fanhood. Am I a I'm questioning whether I'm a fraud right now. I really am. We'll get your thoughts next. <laughs> This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Here we go again with our number two. Wednesday night edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also be a Twitter. At Gordon Damer, at Hardesty ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We started the show talking about the New York football. Well, actually, we started the show talking about the Yankees. We'll circle back to them after a tough loss 6-5 where they battled back. We'll hear from, at the bottom of the hour, of course, we'll have Answers with Aaron starring Gordon Damer. And as part of that, we'll hear what Garrett Cole had to say about his performance tonight, which <laughs> wasn't great. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll also hear Buster Olney was on with Barton Hahn earlier today, so he had some interesting things. And we'll talk about Sandy Alderson and get what he had to say in a second. But, Gordon, you have some time to think now. Now, I want you to be honest. Yeah. Am, am, I, am I a fraud of a Met fan right now? No, not at all. I would I would question your sanity. <laughs> Mets, Marlins, you're sitting there putting yourself through that at this point? No. I, look, the Mets had their chance. It's a two-way street. Now, you're not rooting against your team. No, 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 no. But you're just you're just checking out. And 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 the way that they have played here in the second half of the year, really since what? August? I mean, since yeah. I went on vacation, which was a very long time ago now, Mm -hmm. They have checked out. So, yeah, at this point of the season, if they're not going to, you know, it's like a relationship like any other, right? If you're in a relationship with someone and it's all about you giving to them all the time and they never give you anything back, why would you still waste your time with that relationship? Now, when the season starts next year, I'm sure you'll be ready to go. Big off season, some moves made. But no, at this point, that's not that's not a bad fan. That's just a, a rational human being at this point. All right, Jake, what do you think? Larry, you know I think you're one of the biggest Mets fans out there. So I actually give you credit because I don't think a lot of Mets fans lasted as long as you did. <laughs> right. but, you might have been the <laughs> you might have been the sole survivor. But Larry, now that the Mets are out of the playoff contention, there's only one thing you should be saying, and I think we both know what that is. Brian hit it. Let's go, Yankees. You love to hear it, Larry. You love to hear it. <laughs> well, I'll say this. Um for the good of the show. Oh, we need it. And for my partner's sanity. Yes. I need I'm I'm hoping that the Yankees will, you know, give us something. And also <laughs> 
because the way football looks like, that's the only thing oh we're going to be talking God. about. You, I mean, what, uh, what are we going to talk about the Giants in a month from now? The same things that we're talking about right now. Yeah, we will be. No, we'll be. You know what we'll be doing? We'll be doing what uh, Han did a couple of years ago. We'll be breaking down college quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, look, and I'm first, I, you know an offensive I, lineman. <laughs> I am already looking ahead to See? the Saturday program, and uh, the draft is not that far away. See? See? There the you go. The Giants are going to have uh, two picks in the first round. The yep. Giants are going to have two picks in the first round. And the NFL draft, football fans, is only 211 days away. Uh, and the Jets are going to have some picks, too, the way they're going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jets got two firsts. Giants got two firsts. And, and it's a race to the top, baby. <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a race. It's a race to number one. And I'd like to see the odds there. I, I bet the Jets and Giants are even money right now. Oh, my God. they got to be. It's it's with Jacksonville, be high, right? Yeah. With Jacksonville on the outside, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody could be higher. The Jets are so high, they might be in negative numbers. They might pick before the draft even begins. Oh man, they might have an expansion draft for them just to kind of help them out a little bit. You're right. You are so right. You are so right. Well, Sandy Alderson spoke to the media today, and um, one of the questions is very interesting. He asked. He was asked. How realistic is it for the Mets to re-sign, re-sign Javi Baez? Here's what he had to say. Is it possible? Yes. Is it realistic? Maybe. I mean, it's hard for me to put, you know, uh, odds on it. Um, uh, does Javi want to be here? Did he enjoy his stay? Uh, um, you know, what can be expected from him over the next several years? There are a lot of things that go into any free agent uh, decision. Um, but to say, no, there's absolutely no way that Javi Baez can be part of the Mets next year, no, I wouldn't be prepared to say that at this point. All right, what about Michael Conforto? You know, Michael Conforto has been uh, a stalwart for us over many years, uh, drafted by the Mets and uh, had an immediate impact uh, during the, uh, um, <clears throat> you know, mid-2015-16. Um, and... Uh, think very highly of Michael, and uh, that, that's a decision that we will uh, have to make. Um, obviously, Michael has not had the year that he would have liked, um, but, uh, you know, his career um, speaks for itself. Gordon, when the president says, it's kind of like what Buddha said to us last night. When, when Alderson says, you know, he had roots of 15, 16, Hey, Sandy, it's 2021, <laughs> in case you didn't know. What was the point of this press conference? Like, he can't say anything about guys who are going to be free agents. Nope, he can't. So I, I don't understand what the point of the whole thing was. Like, was anybody demanding to hear from Sandy Alderson before the Mets season ended? You I learned don't know. nothing. You absolutely yeah. learned absolutely nothing from those, those two cuts. I would assume all the other ones as well. Well, here's one. And uh, I don't know what you're going to learn from this either. This is, uh, Sandy, on the fate of one uh, Met skipper, Luis Rojas, and the staff future. Here's what he had to say. Decisions on the manager and the coaches uh, will be made after the season. Uh, I hope as soon after the season as possible. Um, I always think that's the best practice. We uh, will be... As you all know, hiring a head of baseball operations and whether that managerial decision is made um, 
uh, after that individual is hired or before. It's difficult to say, but I would say given the timing that uh, probably that decision will be made uh, before we have somebody uh, as head of baseball operations. Uh, that process uh, will commence as soon as um, the end of the regular season or certainly not later than the end of the postseason. Um, we will be looking for uh, president of baseball operations. Uh, as you all know, we uh, made a similar uh, search last year and uh, were not successful largely uh, because we were not able to get permission to talk to some of the individuals in whom we had uh, real interest. Uh, whether that circumstance continues this year or not is uh, <laughs> something we will certainly find out. But I do think that uh, industry um, uh, situations uh, change from year to year, individual situations change from year to year, and we'll just have to see how that process goes. Call me crazy, but why would you bring in a manager before you have a head of baseball operations yeah. and GM? Yeah. I, what I took from that is that, that, that Luis Rojas is, is out Gone. no matter who they hire. He's done. Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and then they'll bring in somebody, and let's hope that the, the process goes better this time than it did last year. Um, it or could the year go before. much worse. Or, or, or the years before. Right. Yeah. Well, this past one, this was – I mean, this was a real doozy. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, all I got from that was like saying that, well, if it comes before, we'll hire someone and uh, the managerial decision could come before that, after that, but probably before. <laughs> if they let us, if, if, right. if they'll talk to us, if, if, yeah. if, if they will allow us permission to chat yeah. with, with a, a very good candidate. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's for a Met fan, Gordon, it's just like, okay, yeah. So what else is new? Nobody wants nobody. Nobody's allowing you to talk to him. Okay, who's going to be the general manager? You you've been over two. The last two have not have not done a good job. Okay, uh, you had what I I really think that uh, you know uh, Carlos would have been a good manager, Gordon. I do. Yeah, I think he would have been. But you know the situation with his you know being aligned with what happened in Boston. So you know he was out. And, you know, so you ended up with Rojas as a backup. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it hasn't worked. You know, nope. I listen, you gave him an opportunity. He was a guy that was new, that worked with the guys that were coming up. It was a young team. I get the opportunity. I'm, I get why you hired him. Okay, I get it. And it was a, a last minute. You had to have somebody. I get it. But now when you look at it this year, and, yeah, I know people go, well, did he hit for the team? Did he do that? Gordon – from a managerial standpoint, I think he got progressively worse during the season this year as a skipper. He did. Well, I, I don't know what you're going to judge managers on anymore because I don't know what they are actually responsible for in this modern age. But when you're you have all those one run losses, the questionable decisions about the bullpen, you know, the things that he would say after games that wouldn't make sense countless times. And overall, the team wasn't very good. No, I mean, the team completely collapsed. They were a last place team last year. And they played like a last place team for a good stretch of the second half. So 
Um, yeah, look, I mean, he's he's a good he's, – he's, from all accounts, he's a good guy and all that, but mm-hmm. he did not do a great job as manager. So it's not going to be a surprise when you disappoint like the Mets did, second year in a row, that they're going to go out and maybe find somebody. I'll be more interested to see who is actually uh, going to come here to run the baseball ops. Mm-hmm. Because for, for Sandy to be saying, you know, we had interest in people and they, um, you know, they weren't made available to us and – a lot of times those people, they're not available because they don't want to be available to you. That's right. And I'm interested to see what kind of fallout from Steve Cohen and that whole angle plays out here because I'm interested to see, like, are are there big names out there like the Theo Epsteins of the world or someone like that that would take this job and, and would be willing to deal with the owner who's in a short time, you know, kind of made a reputation for himself? I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it'll be interesting to find out. That's for sure. There's no question about it. And listen, it doesn't help when you set a record. The first team in baseball history to be when they were in first place over 100 days and finish under 500 in the same season. And not just under 500, Gordon. Like, you know, they oh, could be well, eight, nine games under yeah, 500. Yeah. I mean, if the, if the season were another week or two longer, I mean, oh. you know – it's only because that they played in a bad division that they weren't a last place team, you know, this year. I mean, they, over the second half, they just completely imploded. So, um, yeah, I don't know how good of a team it was. I think that once DeGrom got hurt, it was, it was pretty much toast now that looking back in it, but, um, yeah, a lot of questions for the Mets. And I'll say this, the the offseason will be far more interesting than the second half of the season was. It will be because, I mean, you know, they got a lot of questions here. Stroman, okay, you figure you'll bring back Syndergaard. Okay, you, you almost have to for one year to see what he's got. Okay, Stroman, Gordon, you should bring him back. He was like the ace of the staff after the ground. He was great. Down. He did everything that you'd want. And uh, and look, he wasn't he wasn't cheap this year. He was what nineteen twenty million dollars. Yeah. But he he pitched. He he uh, he was bargain considering how he pitched. He was he was. And listen, I I like Conforto just like a lot of Mets fans like Conforto. But Gordon, what am I going? Am I going to bring him back? After well, see, here's the problem. What, what, what? Right. We, we're gonna, you're going to bring all these guys back? The team was terrible. We're just saying yeah. how bad the team was. So Can't I think you do have to make some changes uh, and some significant changes because this was not just a one-year thing. It was, it was last year as well. It's been – you know, the, the, the return on div- – uh, what is it? The return on investment has not exactly been there the last few no, years. So, yeah, I think you got to and, – and you're talking about, like, major contracts, right? Yeah. Like, you know, Stroman's going to be a major contract. Even as bad as Conforto's year was, I think that's going to be a pretty major contract. Um, uh, Stroman, I said, did I say Stroman? Yeah, Whatever. You said you know, Stroman, yeah. Uh, uh, Baez, that's going to be a sizable contract. That's not going to yeah. be a cheap deal. Nope. So you're talking about locking in to what the identity of this team is going to be for a very long time, and the identity of the team has just not been good enough so far. It hasn't, and I, and I still got to figure out what am I doing with McNeil? Do I keep him? Do I let right. him go? What am I doing with Dom Smith? I thought yep. he was had turned the corner last year, this year. You know, not so much. Uh, do I keep him because I know baseball is supposed to have a universal DH? Can I, you know, use him at first base? Maybe get his lefty bat in the lineup a little bit more and DH uh, Alonzo a little bit more. I mean, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things. That, oh. There's a lot of work that Ton this team pieces. has got to do. Yep, absolutely. A lot of work. It's ESPN New York tonight here on 9870 ESPN. Let's head to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Remember, Freddie and Fitz at the top of the hour. Buddha is in the Bronx. He joins us next on 987. Hey, Buddha. 
Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing tonight? Buddha. You know, listen, um, you know, Cole, man, if you're going to give up nine hits, spread them out a little bit. I mean, you know, this is this is really horrible, man. You know, this is back-to-back uh, troublesome outings for him. You know, he's up there, at, at, you know, he's up there on the mound looking like, uh, you know, I'm down. This is my other brother, Dow. This is, this is not good, man. This is not good. You know, we need him for one game. And, you know, as much momentum as Stan and these guys are going in with, he's not. He's, he's not been good since he's come off the I.L. He's not. His ERA in his last three starts, Gordon, is not, it's over seven. It's almost eight. Yeah, he had that Indian start. I mean, the Red Sox start wasn't terrible, but he was not really his dominant self. But tonight got rocked around. I mean, there's, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Um, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, he was on the I.L., came off. Um, it, it, he, they have relied on him a lot this year. I don't know where his innings count is, but, you know, coming off the short year last year, maybe that had some sort of impact. I don't know. But he's got – look, any plan that you have of the Yankees going anywhere in October relies on him acting like Garrett Cole, and he has the last three starts, the last four starts. He's not been that. You know, when you guys were running down the coach's odds of um, who would get axed and everything, um, you know, I don't know if you guys have noticed. I'm pretty sure you have. And this is not necessarily with the fans, but this is more of like the media here. You know, um, Robert Sala and Zach Wilson have been under attack. Like people didn't know that the both of them were inexperienced and they were going to be learning on the job. I don't want to mention the name of a certain Jets reporter, but if you check his Twitter, line, I mean, like there's a, there's a lot of negativity towards um, Sala. Really? Hey, you know, Who's, come on, Buddha. This is this is this. Uh, that might fly on other shows. Come on, who is it? Give me it. Don't make me play right. detective. Just check Rich Samini's um, right. assessment all of right. a, a lot of things, especially the Denzel Mims. But um, you listen. You know, um, if I was if I was Lafleur, and um, I had any type of wrinkle I would put in the office. I mean, you got this kid Jeff Smith on the um, the fifty three. If Mims is not going to be in the 53 week to week, you got to find some way to put Smith in that other role that we used to have for another Smith. Remember Brad Smith? Oh, yeah. Or that Taysom Hill. It doesn't make any sense for him to be on the team just to play special teams. This kid was a college quarterback. He's got decent size. He's got decent mobility. You know, I would put a little package in for him, you know, in my humble opinion. But um, we really, you know, we really, you know, and this is on a serious note. You know, and I know I, I bang on, on, on Joe Douglas. I bang on, on certain people. Every once in a while, I bang on callers. You know, I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm, I'm an imperfect person. But, you know, as a New York City person, as a New Yorker, you know, I made the mistake of leaving that news on after the game. And, I mean, story after story, you know, everybody's on edge. It's horrible. There's a whole lot of things going on that are really not cool. And, um... You know, we, we, we kind of need, we need, I mean, even I'm looking at the Aladdin, and the Aladdin got canceled because two Shut staff down, members, or whatever, they, yeah. they got COVID and they're vaccinated. So, you know, like when I sit down and I'm saying my little prayer prayers tonight or whatever, I mean, vaccination aside, I really hope that they could come up with some type of treatment because I think the treatment is going to be universally received a little bit better than the vaccination. And um, just if you can, you know, as, as a human being, as a New Yorker, and it doesn't make a difference who it is, 
you know, right now people are in pain and people are hurting, man. Just reach out to somebody, tell them like, yo, you need a donut, what you need, a cup of coffee, anything, something. Because, you know, it, it's pretty tough, man. You know what I mean? It's pretty tough, and especially with the, with the football. You know, we waited all this time for the football. We waited all this time yeah. during the summer. We were so excited, fans back in the stands, everything. You know, Joe Judge isn't going to survive this if they don't get to at least eight or nine wins, and and they might still be shaky there. We, we really, we really, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be this week, but these teams need to start winning at least a couple of games. You know what I'm saying, yeah, a couple Absolutely. of games, man. They well, got you, man. They got I was, I'm looking at the Jets. This is the next two weeks is the chance for this. Uh, this offense has to show you something the next two weeks. You play the Titans, who are, I think, the worst defensive team in the sport right now. And then you play the Falcons, who aren't far off. It's either one and two or two and one. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying you got to win the games. You got to win both. I'm not saying anything about wins and losses. But you gotta show me that you're not an expansion team, and at least so far through three weeks, the Jets have looked like an expansion team, an offense. You know what? You know what, Gordon? You know what's crazy too about that? You know what's real crazy about that? Is I'm listening, you know, to, to these reports about, you know, and I saw it. It came on my phone too. It's about how uh, Mayor's going to be out for a certain amount of time, but he'll be back by the trade deadline. And uh, you know, and I love my brother Chris Scott. I love him to death. But I mean, you're making it seem like just losing players. Year after year, like the we don't even have that many players that many who are NFL caliber players. Mm-hmm. You lose him, then if you trade him, you got to trade CJ Mosley as well. You can't keep him here at this stage of his career. That's unfair to him to a certain point. And you know, this is like I'm supposed to get excited about Marcus May being traded to bring in some other young players. Like, this is what they're going to – they're going to get this guy Salah fired. If they don't change this approach like ASAP Rocky, they're going to get this guy Salah fired because by the time you bring in these 21 or 23-year-olds, by the time they're competent, we're going to be another three years of like seven and 30-something. Come on, man. And Somebody got to come up with some kind of leadership here. And that's Buddha. And Buddha, thanks for the phone call. And that's if they pick the right draft choice. Right. I mean, I was just going to say, Larry, I mean, it's not like the guy who, you know, you're trading away guys who they're legitimate NFL players. And and the guy who's who's picking the draft picks has not exactly set himself apart in terms of finding new NFL players. Not yet. He really hasn't. He really hasn't. He's been struggling. He's been struggling. What did Garrett Cole have to say about his performance? Plus... Will Garrett will will, will will Gordon be able to to dig into the mind of Aaron Boone after this one run loss, this tough loss? We'll find out next on ninety eight seven ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight on ninety eight seven ESPN. Hardesty and Damon till midnight. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on ninety eight seven ESPN. All right, let's head up to Toronto. Hear what the skipper of the New York Yankees has to say after a very tough loss. They were down, but they scratched back and tied this game up, only to lose 6-5. But there were a couple of injuries in the game. Now, we already told you at the beginning of the show that, as you know, Joey Gallo got hit. Uh, He was able to take the base, but he did not take his at-bat in the ninth inning. A lot of work on him from the trainers uh, in the clubhouse and as they on on the bench and in the clubhouse. 
And so now the question for Aaron Boone, is there any concern over Gallo, who's supposed to get x-rays tomorrow? Well, he couldn't hit, so I took him out of the game. So, you know, concerns, and we'll, we'll see what we have now with the x-rays and um, see what we have overnight. And another injury, possibly, Luke Voigt, who was pinch hitting for uh, Brett Gardner in the contest, was trying to run out when he didn't really need to run because it was a swing and a miss. The yeah, ball got know. away in the third <laughs> strike. The First base yeah. was occupied. I don't know where he was going, Gord. Maybe he just wanted to stretch his leg, but he came up lame. So, Aaron Boone, what's up with Luke Voigt? He just kind of on his knee that bugs him sometimes. I think he just slammed on it. So, um, hopefully he should be okay. He gets that little bone bruise every now and then. I think when he stopped, it kind of just bit him a little bit. So, he got some treatment. We'll see what we have tomorrow. Should be okay. I'm hoping he's okay. Well, there was some positives tonight, Gordon, even though there was a loss. It was Loisaga. He was back, and as Aaron Boone weighs in on what he saw from the young man. Low was great. I mean, I thought the stuff was really good, but then he was really sharp also. You know, and we throw him into a pretty big spot there, tie game there, um, top of the order, and, uh, you know, he, he mowed through him pretty easily, real efficient. Uh, stuff looked really crisp, so um, good to get him out there and in, into a big spot. And I thought he looked not only stuff-wise really good, but command and sharpness really good too. All right, Aaron, let's talk about the wild card race. How do you feel about the remaining race? Let's go. This is you know we're we're in a good spot. I feel like the guys are having a lot of fun competing with a lot on the line, and uh, that's where you want to be this time of year and. And can't wait to get back here tomorrow and get after it again. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's See if he Aaron still feels Boone. that way after watching Robbie Ray mow him down tomorrow, you know? Uh, well, no, maybe maybe Robbie Ray's not going to. Listen, we had two the top candidates for the Cy Young, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Two they of got the three to our tonight. Cy Young, so yeah. uh, we got to get to theirs tomorrow. Absolutely. 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 All right, Gordon. All are right. you ready? I, I think I am. Okay. So these are the questions we're going to ask you to meld your mind with Aaron Boone. Okay. One, he was asked, is Garrett Cole running out of gas? Oh, definitely not. He will say absolutely not. Um, he's fine. You know, he, he might, you know, uh, allude to the, the injury and uh, and that. But, uh, no, he's fine. You know, look, he gets victimized by the home run. The Blue Jays are a good team. They're aggressive team. So they got him uh, a couple of times tonight. But, no, Garrett Cole, he, he's fine. Aaron Boone, is Garrett Cole running out of gas? No, no. I, I think I think he's in a pretty good spot. You know, obviously he missed he missed some time there with the COVID and 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 missed a start with with the um, um, Hammy. But um, no, I think stuff wise and I think physically he's he's in a pretty good spot. Um, you know, he got dinged on a couple homers today, but um, I feel like he's physically anyway and where he should be this time of year. All right. Yeah, I mean, anybody asking that question has to know that Aaron Boone, he could be standing on the mound, or, or he could be like the uh, the Tin Man in the Wizard of Oz, with mm-hmm. oil can, oil. He, he will never admit that his player is out of gas. So, no, there's no chance that he was ever going to admit that. All right, here's one, and I'm curious how you're going to attack this. Okay. Did tonight have an extra playoff feel to it? Ah, uh, did you know? I don't know that he will. He will allude to a uh, a playoff field, but I, w- I, I He'll probably say you know that uh, it was a loud environment. 
Um, and, uh, you know, this is the type of – that's the type of feel you get this late in the season. Um, I don't think he'll say it felt like a playoff game, but environment – he might kind of say, yeah, it was a little bit of a playoff environment. The crowd is really into it here. Uh, and they're 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 jacked up, and the and the Blue Jays are a good team, and and that's what you play for to to have moments like this. Did tonight have an extra playoff feel to it, Aaron Boone? Oh, I, don't, I mean, I think we've been in that mode of late. You know, we just came from Boston. You know, obviously they raced out to a big lead, so I think the crowd was was energized and into it. Really liked the way our guys competed and battled back to get into that game, and they outlasted us tonight. But. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a great atmosphere to be. It felt like an important game, I guess, uh, from a from a stadium standpoint. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you hit it perfectly, Gordon. Yeah, that, I, I, I feel like I could. You know, I should have turned it back towards my guys competing, our guys competing. I, I, I missed that little that little part of it, but overall, I think I, I I got the the big picture. Yeah, there's no question about it. A couple more. Let's hear from Garrett Cole. This is Cole on his performance. You want to perform the best you can, um, but it's like maybe it's just where I'm at right now. Like I'm certainly frustrated um, with how I performed tonight, but I'm not frustrated with keeping us in the game the best we can. I mean, we were able to scratch and claw back to get to five, and then Bo Bichette just had, you know, just unbelievable. I mean, he took a fastball up and out of the strike zone, oppo, and then he took one of the better sinkers in Major League Baseball out, oppo. I mean, that ended up being the difference. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm sufficiently frustrated enough to really, uh, you know, make sure that we bring out better execution and, and, and just be better the next time we get the opportunity for the ball. Um, you know, but I guess maybe right now it's like, it's, uh, you know, it, it happened. And, like, you got to figure out how to – keep your boys there so that, you know, we have the opportunity to do, to do what we did tonight because in, in, in a, in a postseason game, you know, maybe that stroke comes from G or maybe that stroke comes from judge or somebody at the bottom of the order and, 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 and the score goes in our favor instead of theirs. And, and we're all, we're all pretty pumped battling through something like that. Uh, you know, if we, if we get the win in that situation. Yeah. He just didn't get the job done, Gordon. And, and here, here's the one thing I've always said about Yankee pitchers. I know the audience is like, Oh God, here goes Larry again. But, Gordon, that's what I really respected about Andy Pettit the second time around as a Yankee because he may have one bad inning, but you know what? You didn't score on him after that bad inning. He was able to lock it down, minimize the damage, and allow you to get back in it. And, Gordon, that's something Cole just didn't do tonight. Nope, absolutely not. You know, And, again, if it would have been just the, the, the bad start and then from that point forward – he locked it down. Uh, the Yankees would have probably gotten a win, but uh, that was not the case. That fifth run, uh, that was a big run. It was. It was. Garrett, are you feeling fatigue after a shorter season last year? I don't think so. I just I think we're running into some tough, really tough teams, and, and I just have not quite not, – I just was not quite sharp, sharp enough today. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Um, I think that I certainly showed the ability to make the pitches that we needed to uh, over the course of the game. I just didn't make enough of them when we wanted to. Physically, I think the velocity is in a good spot. Um, things have rebounded well since a couple of those injury mishaps, and I'm in a good enough spot to make enough good pitches. I just got to make those pitches at the right time. Yeah, there's no question about that. And, you know, Gordon, that's what he's got to do. So 
the next start, whenever that could be, because you might need him to start on Sunday. Yeah, let's hope not. I mean, <laughs> that, that, that is not a road that I want to go down. I, I got enough to chew on on Sunday between the Jets and the Giants and the stinking Dolphins. Uh, I do not want to be invested in any way, and I'm hoping that everything is all wrapped up by then and, and Garrett Cole can get ready for a wild card game. So Corey Kluber takes the mound tomorrow to try to go for the series win against Toronto. And, of course, we'll be all over it on ESPN New York Tonight tomorrow night. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.